The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 8, Collision. Don't Run Our Hearts Around, Part 1. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin. There was light. There was peace. There was pain. Mostly, there was pain. At first, the pain didn't have a name. It was abstract, as if it was happening outside of him. Then, the name came to him. John. John Murdoch. He was John Murdoch, and the pain was his. The pain suddenly became everything. It became him. He saw flashes that didn't make any sense through the haze of his anguish, shooting and fighting in a hangar, faces that he didn't recognize, blood, and fire. It was all fire. As suddenly as it came crashing through him, it was over. There was still pain, but it was the pain of someone dropped like a sack onto a hard surface in an exceedingly awkward position. John's shoulder hurt. His entire right side was laced with pain. More sensations. He was on a cement floor. It was cold and clean. It was dark around him, except for a slight electrical flickering coming from behind. Chairs in front of him, with something man-shaped sitting in one of them. He struggled, and then remembered how to talk. Where... am... I... He croaked out the last vowel before he lost consciousness. The Soviet bear stared dumbfounded at the naked man on the floor. It looked... it looked like Comrade Murdoch. Except Comrade Murdoch was supposed to be dying, or dead, and not appearing out of thin air, naked and healthy into the middle of the break room. He looked at the bottle of Worker's Companion vodka in his hand. Looked at the naked man. Decided that the two had nothing to do with each other. Then he noticed that the break room's trusty television, a sturdy model nearly identical to the ones built in the Soviet Union and looking as if it was half as old as Bear, was cracked and smoking. He decided that the naked man probably did have something to do with that. He sighed. Thus, my commissary probably blame me. Then he looked at the naked man again. On the other hand, if this is Comrade Murdoch, she would certainly blame him instead. Good thinking, Pavel. Much cheered, he shoved himself up out of the chair and headed for the briefing room. At least a broken television set was not like a broken ural. Many, many broken, burned, exploded, and mangled urals. Bella probably shouldn't have been here, but the echo debriefing wasn't until noon, so... Hell with it. She was by God going to sit in on the CCCP one since she'd taken over for Vic at the tail end of the infiltration op. And anyway, this way she knew that Savior would get everything. Unter finished his debrief right up to the point where Vic had passed out. Bella picked it up from there. So when I got her conscious, she told me she'd neutralized some sort of super death machine by pounding it into the ground. I don't know. I'm not inclined to send Echo down there to look for it unless you're in favor, Nat. Red Savior shook her head. Later, maybe. Are Bink having enough on plate? We are having pleats. Da, but my people haven't got done with what the infill team extracted yet. 
Cross your fingers. I think we're going to have the location of their HQ when we're done. Savior let out a breath she had been clearly holding in. Then, ah, was worth ten times over the co- Bella felt it. They all felt it. It wasn't physical, but whatever it was, it might as well have been. Like a body blow that doesn't hurt, except that in Bella's case, it did. She doubled over with the anguish of it, of something vital, taken. And yet it wasn't something that had been taken from her. Oz, my! She looked up with tears in her eyes from the crippling grief to see Red Savior shaking her head as if someone had just hit her with a two-by-four. But... She choked down the tears. I... I don't know, but... The clomping of heavy feet outside Savior's briefing room heralded the arrival of Soviet Bear. Commissar! Comrades! He woofed. Television is being broken. Also, is naked man on floor that maybe is Comrade Murdoch? Not my doing, either of these things. Bella suddenly was sure, instantly sure, that this was what she had felt, or was at least part of it. Before Bear was halfway done, she was on her feet and pushing past him, headed for the break room, impelled by a growing urgency she couldn't even begin to explain. John woke up again, slowly. It was brighter here. He could feel that he was in a different room. It smelled like antiseptic and rubber gloves. That was a familiar smell. It had been the same odor in nearly every army sickbay he'd ever been in. The soft hum of monitors and someone moving around were the only sounds he could immediately pick up. Slowly, other faraway sounds came through, but he couldn't recognize them right off. That was... odd. Smells were more intense, nuanced. Sensations that should have hurt didn't. The pain he'd awakened with was gone, leaving nothing behind but the memory of having hurt. The strangest feeling was that of being heavier, like he had gained mass, somehow. It was disorienting. John groaned weakly, trying to raise himself up and open his eyes. So, Comrade Murdoch. The voice was too loud, but within a second, somehow, it had modulated down to normal levels, almost as if he had some sort of amplifier hooked up to his ears so he could make out things that should have been too quiet to hear and now he'd turned it down again since someone was speaking. You are being make bad habit of waking up in my medvey, da? He struggled for the words, remembering how to speak again. Where... my men? Where are my troops? He still had to squint. His eyes hadn't adjusted to the bright light in the room yet. Harsh halogens. They had left him half-blind. Echo troops are being back at their own HQ. Comrades Untermensch, Mamona, and Old Man Bear are here. You are being only casualty, well, were only real casualty of infield team. Pavel's arm has been replaced with a spare, and Mamona's fractured arm has been set. Angel took you and went poof. Then you are being poof back into CCCP recreational room. What? I don't know any of those names. Who are you? The shape was coming into focus now, obviously a woman from her voice. 
She was tall, with the classically beautiful features of a statue rather than a model or Hollywood starlet. Her black hair was cut in a severe style that was even with her jawline. She wore a white doctor's coat with a stethoscope poking out of one pocket, over what looked like a uniform. It differed from the coats army docs wore only in the Red Star and Cyrillic name tag, where an army doc would have just the name tag in English. Stoll? The woman blinked very blue eyes. You have not been to remember? Not Echo? Not CCCP? Not Battle? She muttered something in Russian. At least he thought it was Russian. I've heard of Echo, lady. Everyone has. Where the hell am I? She held up an imperious hand. Wait, what is last thing you remember? He paused. I can't say, ma'am. He held up a hand mirroring her. I remember it. I'm just not allowed to say it. Sorry. She pursed her lips. Checked. What is year? Month? Day? Who is being win World Series? It's 2006, August, 31st day, and I don't really follow baseball. I'm more of a football kind of guy. The doctor's face froze for a moment. She licked her lips. It is pink 2014, Comrade Murdoch. It seems you are missing more than your clothing. Everything went very still for him for a moment. If he believed this woman, and he had no reason not to, he had lost eight years of his life. God only knew what had happened in that time. She mentioned Echo as if he had been working with them, which was impossible, something called CCCP, as if it was accepted he was part of them, commies, obviously, so whatever had happened had been drastic. He was overcome with nausea and disorientation. Ma'am, I've got one last question for you before I throw up. Sto? Where are my pants? The group walked down the labyrinthine hallways of the CCCP HQ, heading for the medical bay. Yadviga, callsign Soviet, was leading the way and explaining while they walked, Bella and Savior beside her. Vicky and Sarah trailed behind. Vicky was not even sure she should have been there. Except, except that somehow she had gotten all tied up with this. Sarah had materialized in her workroom. Bella was her dearest friend. The two of them were connected somehow. Vicky's mage sight clearly showed the bond between them. Yadviga was going on about trauma, transitory amnesia. Vicky wasn't paying much attention to it. Sarah, well, Sarah wasn't the seraphim anymore, wings notwithstanding. She reminded Vicky of the description in the fairy tale of the Little Mermaid, how, once she got legs, she walked in pain as if every step was taken on the blades of knives. Bella reflected that pain. But how or why this had happened, Vicky still wasn't sure. Sarah hadn't said more than a dozen words so far. As for what they were going to see in the CCCP medbay, Vicky wasn't sure what that was going to be either at this point. Hope and despair flickered over Sarah's face by turns. So, here, Yadviga said, opening the door to the medbay. Here is being comrade patient. The group entered the cramped medbay. 
Sitting upon a gurney in the center of the room, wearing only a hospital smock and a pair of skivvies, was John Murdoch. But at the same time, not. This John didn't have darkness under his eyes. The same quiet intensity, but none of the troubles which had seemed to weigh him down even before he knew of his own impending death. The scars were still there, but they seemed fainter, unimportant now, not really a part of the man that was sitting in front of them, and he still had his same lopsided grin. Howdy, y'all. He regarded the group, still smiling. Now, who exactly are you people, and what the hell am I doing here? Bella was hyper-aware of Sarah behind her. There were only two people in the whole world, as far as she knew, that knew anything at all about the angel. She was one. John Murdoch was, or had been, the other. Now? Well, Sarah was no longer an angel. She no longer had that feeling of infinite power, infinite certainty, and infinite control. Her wings were feathered, not fire. According to Yadviga, John was back but completely cured of what had been killing him. And Vicky had also said that Sarah wasn't an angel anymore. Since the last time anyone had seen either of them, it had been together, it was pretty obvious that the one thing had to do with the other. Right now, Sarah was vibrating with mingled hope and despair, so much so it was making Bella's empathic shields hum. According to Yadviga, this was the same man, in every way, but two. He was perfectly healthy, and the cellular disorder that had been killing him was now gone, as if every bit of damage had been instantly healed, the dysfunction removed. Yadviga couldn't tell what had done that, and she was the more experienced healer of the two of them, and a full MD to boot. Is being magic, she had said, and shrugged. That answer produced a derisive snort from Natalia. And now, here was the man himself, sitting on an examination table, looking entirely like himself. Sarah peered around Bella's shoulder, her wings trembling so hard that the feathers rustled. Who exactly are you people? I expect some answers and right quick, he said, looking directly at Sarah for a brief moment. Bella had never actually seen someone's heart break before, but the change in Sarah's expression showed that moment in agonizing detail. Bella's shields rang like a bell with the blow of grief and loss. And then Sarah was gone, literally flying from the room and out an open hallway window. Bella was torn. Follow Sarah or try and sort out Murdoch. She'd never catch Sarah. She couldn't fly and certainly couldn't move that fast. Throttling down her own feelings, she turned to Murdoch. John only looked mildly surprised, but still expectant for an answer. Well? Untermensch laid a hand on Natalia's shoulder. Commissar. Savior nodded. Da. Comrade Murdoch, you are seeming to be experiencing memory problem. For past year and more, you have been sturdy worker and operative for the super-sobrative Sovetsky Revolutionarov. You, Amerikansky, are being known this as CCCP. This occurred after an invasion by an army of Nazi-affiliated metahumans and... She paused. Oh, for God's sake, Nat, say it! Aliens! Big, ugly aliens! 
E.T., but not cute, not friendly, and as far as we can tell, planning to wipe us off the planet. Bella crossed her arms over her chest, trying to physically hold in her churning emotions. They attacked almost every major city on Earth a little more than a year ago in a coordinated strike, decimating much of the world and killing untold numbers. The attack was to soften up the governments of the world and cripple Echo, as well as other metahuman crime and logistics organizations. Since then, you have been helping us and Echo fight these fascista. Questions, comrade? John's jaw didn't quite drop, but it was close. This has to be bullshit. What happened to my troops? I am not knowing which troops you are speaking of, Comrade Murdoch, Savior said crisply. But if they are the ones in Costa Rica... Hunter coughed. Nat's mouth snapped shut self-consciously. John stared at the two, his gaze going cold and dead for the barest second. Bella knew that look. She'd seen it before. It meant that John Murdoch was considering every option he had, and a lot of those options included killing someone. The tension in the air was ready to snap like an icicle. Bella found herself holding her breath, waiting. It was Untermensch that broke it before things turned to the unfortunate. Comrade, my name is Georgi Vlasov. My call sign is Untermensch. He paused for a moment to see if any recognition sparked in John. You and I are being comrades in arms for the last year. During this time, we have killed many fascista and struck hard blows against their efforts. He paused again. Still, nothing but that expectant look came from Murdoch. At least the murder had gone out of his eyes. Comrade, when you came to us, you were injured and were being on the run. It is our understanding from what you told us that you were the only survivor from your unit. I am sorry, comrade. Hunter looked away briefly, then back to John. Bella saw that John believed Hunter. Murdoch had a way of judging sincerity in people, and he always used to go with his gut. Emotions passed through John. No, they tore through him. Bella braced herself against them. Rage, despair, confusion, disbelief. The disbelief started to win. And who could blame him? Even in a world full of metahumans, this must sound like a bad science fiction movie. Show, don't tell. That would be the best way to cut through whatever walls he was already trying to put up between himself and reality. She strode over to the med bay window and yanked up the ugly Soviet Venetian blind. It clattered, and sunlight poured in the room. Look for yourself, she said curtly. That's Atlanta out there. What's left of it. What the Kriegers left us. John looked at her hard, then hopped off of the examining table. He strode quickly to the window, peering out of it. Without looking away, he started to speak in harsh tones. What the hell happened? Is everywhere like this? We are being on edge of what Nectarny TV calls Destruction Corridor. Enemy marched war machines toward Echo, HQ, and were not gentle about doing so. Many cities have them. Nat's jaw tightened. Red Square is similarly disrupted. My CCCP was there for a meeting with officials. They came for us metahumans, 
We know this now. She broke off. I will do being get you breathing. Um, Vicky said softly from somewhere near Bella's elbow. I can do that. I've got all the records and the hardware with me to make it happen. It won't take long. Heck, I can start on it now. Nat nodded curtly. Bella took up where she had left off. The world economy is devastated, but coping. Relief efforts are going on everywhere. Cities are full of these corridors. The countryside was impacted the least or not at all, and it's hit or miss with manufacturing and industrial centers. The thing is, now we're finding out that the Kriegers had weapons cached damn near everywhere and cells to activate them. Every time things seem to get a little better, they activate one, there's a hell of a lot of fighting and death until we get it shut down, and governments go ballistic. Sorry, Kriegers? John shook his head, uncomprehending. Vicky ducked out from under Bella's elbow, her laptop open, typing away. Here, she said, shoving the thing at him. That's the enemy. We call them Kriegers, for Blitzkrieg. They seem to be a combination of the aliens and a pile of Nazi metahumans and fanatics that escaped after the war. And recruits. Light from the screen flickered on his eyes, mirroring the emotions that flitted through him. So, y'all are fighting them. Stopping stuff like this, he gestured toward the ruined buildings outside, from happening anymore. Yet, we are not doing so well as that. Trying to keep them from turning the world into giant labor camp, the commissar said grimly. Conventional forces, well, being to look at screen, comrade. Bella sighed. There are a handful, and only a handful, of metas and special weapons that do anything but dent these guys and annoy them, she said, sensing that his first instinct was to head straight for the nearest army base and volunteer. Most of them aren't in the arsenals of most armies. Uh, and you happen to be one of the metahumans that can actively hurt them. Same for me, the commissar here, most of CCCP. Oh yeah, I'm the head of Echo. I guess you don't remember that. John did a spit take. What? You said that I'm a metahuman. Uh, yeah. You're some sort of fire chucker. Plus... She rubbed her temple. Evidently you were in some kind of super-soldier program. You wouldn't tell us much. But you've got implants. And fire, which doesn't seem to have anything to do with the implants. She sighed again. Conventional troops are good if we're the spearhead, Murdoch. Without us, conventional troops are just a blunt stick against a hungry tiger. You're... What's your name again, ma'am? Belladon Parker, call sign Belladonna Blue, and acting head of Echo. I'm not technically the CEO, that's Yankee Pride, but that's an administrative position and we're on a war footing. So sometimes they call me a CEO too. You're not feeding me a line about any of this, right? No BS. John met her eyes. His were searching, looking for anything to latch onto. He needed someone to look to as an authority. That made sense. He was a soldier, after all. Or at least the him of eight years ago had been. And given he was U.S. Army, he wasn't going to look to some commie foreigner as that authority. At least not yet. It had to be her. Mutely, Bella fished her ID out of a pocket and handed it to him. 
As she touched his hand, she tried to send him a threat of reassurance, juggling her need to help him with the ethics of imposing anything on him. John scanned the ID quickly before handing it back to Bella. I need some time to think on this. And I'll be needing some more information. Hell, all of it. He looked to Natalia. I'm guessing from your charming Muscovite accent that you're in charge of this bunch. Xavier nodded. I am being Commissar Red Xavier, second of that name, of CCCP. Your commander, Comrade Murdoch. Bella nodded. Technically, you should be in Echo, but given that you clearly did not want your former... friends to know you were alive, this was the best place for you to go. You've also had black snakes sniffing at your heels, with guys with katanas, who put holes in you. It's a long story. I'll cut to the chase. Until a few minutes ago, as far as I can tell, you were dying of whatever gave you that fire-checking ability. And something happened to you. Vic, scan him, would you? You mean... Vicky looked up at her, a little apprehensive. Yeah, I need to confirm my hunch. Make with the finger-wiggling. John tensed as Vicky approached him, looking to Bella. It's okay. She's a magician as well as a computer wizard. Now that has to be a mind-screw on top of everything else. Vicky paused about a foot away from him and flexed her fingers. All right. This won't hurt a... Ow! There was a pulse of white light emanating from the center of John's chest that hit Vicky squarely on her outstretched hand. Vicky staggered back. Her short hair was literally standing straight up. Bella grabbed Vicky's elbow and held her up. Vic, are you okay? She did her own version of scanning, making sure there was no damage. No physical damage, at least. Vicky put shaking hands up to her head, smoothing down her hair. Uh, yeah. Ever stick a fork in a light socket? Don't. But, yeah, he's fixed. And the same. Only different. And it's not magic as I understand it. It's, well... She waved her hands vaguely. Bigger. A lot bigger. Sarah, Bella said flatly. Vicky nodded. What'd she just do to me? Bella recognized John coiled and ready to spring into action. All of this was strange and new to him, and it must have been very frightening. She didn't do anything to you. You did it to her. She was trying to ID what it was that fixed you. It didn't want to be ID'd, and it bit back. She shook her head. Look, Vic, job one, get Murdoch briefed. I'll try and find Sarah among everything else that's going on. Anyone gonna ask what the hell I want to do, maybe? John's back was against the glass window, his arms crossed. Savior snorted. You are being registered member of CCCP and under my orders, comrade. That was by your own, how you say, enlistment. So I am still your commanding officer, yet? He bristled. Lady, until about ten minutes ago, I didn't even know you existed. I'm slow on most days, so you're going to have to be real slow with me now. Especially in telling me what the hell to do. Savvy? Dear boy, your call sign is now being slow boy. So, slow boy, 
you are to being priest on last eight years by echo up three Victoria Victrix. Then you are to being caught up, then we talk. Daughter of Rasputin is also Bolshoi computer wizard. Anything you are needing to know, she can find. Da, Victrix? Da, Commissar. Vicky tucked her laptop under her arm. I- I've got it from here. Just one thing, Commissar. Sto, Savior said, turning back. Can we please find him some pants? You have been listening to Collision, Season 8 of the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. Season 8 is written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Music is Exciting Trailer by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle podcast is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License. The fourth book, Collision, is available in print and ebook in December 2014 from the amazing people at Bayon Books. For more information about the series or to listen to earlier seasons, check out www.secretworldchronicle.com. Want to chat with the authors and fellow SWC fans? Join the Secret World Chronicle group on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening.